we are like you. We're the dreamers of the NFL. I'm Jacob. And I'm Trevor. And we dream big together about all the coolest scenarios in the NFL that may or may not ever happen in the league. But wouldn't it be cool if they did? All right, guys, welcome back to the pod. Um, thank you for listening. For those of you that are listening, um, we want to do something a little different for this episode. Not really that different, but we titled this episode for the dads. The reason we say it's for the dads is because, you know, I was sent a text message from my dad. He was talking, he had been listening to the pod. He's sending me some stuff he had thought. And he goes, you know what would be really cool if you guys thought? It's like, wouldn't it be cool if I'm going to say blank because we're going to get into it a little bit later. I'm not going to tell you what the wouldn't it be cool is, but he gave us a good idea that I really enjoyed. And I was like, man, that'd be fun. Let's talk about that. And then I was thinking, man, Jacob, your dad's a Cowboys fan, right? Um, I pose that as a question like I don't know the answer. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say yes, question mark. <laughs> yes. I, yes, he I is. We've so. talked about it. We've is that what that star on his shirt is? The, you mean the star tattooed on his body? Oh, oh, that's right. That doesn't just like wipe off with some spit. No, 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 it doesn't. Okay. He must be serious about it then. <laughs> oh, shit. This must have been a rough weekend for him. <laughs> oh, that's a perfect segue there, brother, because I was thinking, man, there, there's a good wouldn't it be cool there for Cowboys fans of wouldn't it be cool if the Cowboys didn't uh, suck in the playoffs. <laughs> didn't choke every year. So. I thought it'd be fun for us to put an episode together. We'll do those two wouldn't be cool. You know, the one that my dad gave me the idea of, and then the other one where we're talking about Greg's poor, hapless Cowboys. Um, God bless them. And God bless America. Support the troops. <laughs> Support the troops, baby. All right. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the premise behind this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy. Um, let's get into it. Trevor, wouldn't it be cool to watch the Dallas Cowboys win a divisional round playoff game in the 2020s? <laughs> uh, I'll say as a Cowboys hater, no. Because I'm absolutely a Cowboys hater in some some sense of the form of the word, I guess I should say. Um, but out of, you know, sympathy to your father who, you know, had a big role on our uh, football fandom, you know, I'm going to say, yeah, it would be absolutely cool if they figured it out. And here's what I'll say. Okay. As, as again, as a Cowboys hater, which is, I, I mean, sure. There's a lot of those guys out in the world these days. Um, they're all thinking no, but if I look at it, if I look at it from an unbiased standpoint, right. If I try and take my, my, my bias out of it and I look at it and I'm like, all right, you know, like what, like, would it be cool? Like, it would be actually very cool for the NFL, for the Cowboys to be good. The NFL is a better place if the Cowboys are good. But it's also Do so much fun. Do you think that's the Joker. problem, though? I feel like they're good. 12-5 and five is good. Yeah, they're good. And they have been good, right? And, I mean, I think a better way of – phrasing this question wouldn't necessarily be wouldn't it be cool if i guess i i can't i can't remember exactly how you phrased it because i've got you know short-term memory um no it's good i was actually gonna make a joke about it later because 
this is like the podcast for the NFL dreamers. And wouldn't it be cool just to watch the Dallas Cowboys win a divisional round playoff game? I'm not even giving them a Super Bowl hope or winning the conference championship. Just if they could play in that game, have a seat at that table and get a late round draft pick that following season. Like I'm just saying, could they win that game? Cause they can't do that at this point. It's been over 30 years since the last time we saw that happen. Right. Yeah. And that's, exa- yeah, that's a hundred percent accurate. It's like, I look at the Cowboys and I'm like, I, like I, from my understanding is like an NFL, like kind of a bit of a history buff and a nut job as a fan. Right. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I can see like, just like kind of how you were talking in the past, like the last couple of weeks, I don't know if you actually mentioned it on the podcast, but you and I have talked at least definitely offline about it, where you mentioned how cool it's going to be to see a Cowboys 49ers game in the playoffs, just because that's a long historic rivalry. Um, oh yeah. But like, so from that kind of standpoint, right. Looking at it where you're like at, from the history of the league, like the Cowboys, winning and being in very meaningful games late in January and ideally early February for, you know, the Cowboys fans would be great for the league um, because they're such a huge fan base and everything, right? It would suck for everybody that hates the Cowboys, which is like pretty much everybody that's not a Cowboys fan. Um, <laughs> But with that being said, I think it would be good for the league. Um and, you know, I'm at the point, I, it's just like, I, I said it a few weeks ago, and I mean, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit here for for this take where I was saying, I was like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think Dak is the quarterback that can go and win you those big games. I think, I think he's like, he's like a weird, I said, I said previously, like quarterback purgatory right people talk about quarterback purgatory all the time with teams that don't have a quarterback and are constantly you know shuffling through quarterbacks like take a look at oh, the totally the Washington and i disagree with that what do you mean you disagree with that like i think the point and tell me if i'm wrong but i think where you're kind of going with this is quarterback purgatory so many so-called experts refer to it as the teams who don't have a quarterback the teams who um don't have a star studded guy or someone who's got a big contract with the team for the next couple years. I think the worst place to be is sitting in the middle is like Dak Prescott or Kirk cousins. The best place you could be is either one of two options. It's you have your franchise player, you have uh, Lamar Jackson, you have um, Tom Brady, you know, like the, or the other option would be you have right. nowhere to go but up. That's better than having Dak Prescott. I would I, – I agree but disagree at the same time where it's okay. like I, I – I, like the premise of your take makes sense, yes. I, like I agree with the premise, right? But also like if you're a shit organization – and you get that, you know, top five draft pick where you can go and get a quarterback or everything. Like we've seen it time and time again of them of those shit organizations making the wrong call. Like look at what the Browns have done right. over the last, you know, twenty something years. You know, they've made the wrong call time and time again. 
and then they got into this quarterback purgatory realm that I'm talking about, right? With the Dax, the Kirk Cousins, right? They had it with Baker Mayfield, right? Where they he played well enough to give him a contract, right? And it was like, okay, he's too good for us to move on from right now, but he's not good enough to go and win us anything meaningful. That's and what that's, I'm talking about. Yeah, and, and and that's the gist of what I'm saying too, where it's like okay. that's where I think the Cowboys are with Dak, where it's like he isn't like and and I want to say like for that 49ers game you know where they end up losing right he threw two picks one of them looked to be like a clear miscommunication one of them was a bit of a like tip or whatever so like I don't know if you can blame those 100% on Dak um it's hard to say with the miscommunication one whether that was Dak making the wrong read or the receiver making the wrong read mm-hmm. but like while you can't necessarily blame like it's like it's still it's like he didn't do anything late in that game like he didn't come back from those picks to like lead the team on a drive to go and win it's like he couldn't do anything now the reason i i i put a little bit of fact that i think this 49ers team has one of the best defenses in nfl history i think they're very 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 good they're scary they're so fast they rally to the ball um they've got a great pass rush great defenders dre greenlaw and uh god why am i blanking on the other linebackers name fred warner uh, dre oh, Green- yeah. greenlaw and fred warner are an incredible tandem for them like like they're loaded on defense so you know i don't expect necessarily the cowboys to come in and light them up for 35 points but <clears throat> the seahawks the week before put up 24 on them right yeah, with Geno Smith as their quarterback. So, you know, again, different games, different game flows, right? Like you can argue a bunch of stuff, right? That game was close the whole time with the Cowboys, right? Versus like the Seahawks, like that whole second half was just a joke. But, right. but shit, we scored more points in that first half than the Cowboys did the whole game. Well, and to be fair, too, that was the third time Seattle saw that 49ers defense. So they had, right. you know, a fair amount of reps to, to go at it. I, I don't know. I, I guess to get back to our original point, like I, I'm trying to give the 49ers defense credit for being incredible. Like they're, they're very good. Um, but still like you'll see great quarterbacks. Like they'll, 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 they're going to, you know, they're going to make plays in those big moments, even against the great defenses. You know what I mean? And I don't think that we've seen that from Dak. Um, we definitely haven't seen it in the last few years. And it's just, I mean, it's got to be painful as a Cowboys fan you're looking through. And it's like, um, I follow, for example, I follow uh, Caleb Brown, right, on on Twitter. Uh, uh-huh. You know, our old high school teammate went on to play college football at Idaho State. Um, yeah, yeah. Great dude. Big Cowboys fan, right? <clears throat> and you see his tweets about Dak throughout the season. So he thinks he's like, Dak sucks. And I understand what he's saying. Like Dak doesn't suck. Dak yeah. It's hard. He doesn't suck. He's he is a, he's a, he's a top 15 quarterback in the league. Right. Like he's a, he is going to be a starter in the NFL for a long time. Right. But with that being said, I think he's holding the Cowboys back. Maybe it's not him. Maybe it's Kellen Moore. You know, like that fucking play call at the end of that game when they had, you know, 
for that last game that was atrocious <laughs> and I, a lot of people have talked center? about that i think i think sports media is probably putting a little too much weight on that one play call like hey they were it was there was like two seconds left they were playing from their like 35 or 40 yard line whatever it was um the odds of them scoring is drastically low regardless so like but still for them to go out of with that zeke gets put on his ass because they had him be the center. Great snap. Give him credit for that, but got put on his ass right after that. And then their receiver, they, they decided to throw a slot, like little slant or whatever, and they hit the receiver, and he gets planted right after that too. And you're just like, what the fuck was that? So I don't know. But I look at I look at the Cowboys, and it's just like it, it, their passing game is holding them back, and their lack of ability they're good at is what's hurting them, right? And you look at you look back at this year, right? You but Cooper Rush started five or six games for them this year and had a I think he had a five and one record. I want to say he started six games and had a five and one record. He lost that he lost that last game and then Dak came in the next week after that. Yeah. The reason I think they were five and one in those weeks is because what they did is they said, All right, we don't have Dak at quarterback. We need to stick to the run. You know, like let's stick to like let's let's rely on the rest of our offense. And then they blossomed. They were playing really good football, really good team football, right? And then Dak mm-hmm. comes what it is is they think Dak is more than he is, right? And so they want to put the ball in his hands forty to fifty times a game. When in reality, what what are they best at on offense? Running the like, ball. Running oh the ball. They've got an elite running back tandem, which I don't think anyone expected. Certainly not two seasons ago, let alone this season. Like Tony Pollard's, I, my uh, my my fantasy football nut job in me disagrees with you on the nobody expected. Um, That's why I say two seasons ago because I think it's become more clear from last season and this season. Okay, but fair certainly enough. not two seasons ago. Like I I looked at Tony Pollard as like a a decent backup. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm, you know, it's the like not cowboy fan in me but no i mean like certainly things have changed he he's like uh it's like similar to how the patriots run their their offense well, or their running back tandem so it's funny that you talk about this because part of what i think so like if i was to break this down we go into you know like so you're saying like okay wouldn't it be cool if they didn't suck so okay okay what would it take for them to move on to the next level is where i kind of go from there and i think part of that is moving on from this tandem of running backs mm. not both of them but but i look at zeke picking one not picking picking specifically tony pollard right if you watched football this year i think the vast majority of people that watched a lot of cowboys football followed fantasy or whatever would tell you that zeke or that uh tony pollard was the better running back by far um and i look at the cowboys and i think that they have this specifically jerry jones seems like he has an affinity for zeke right because of what zeke's done for the team how well he's played and everything like that and that that's not to say that zeke doesn't deserve to earn that respect and that you know level of comfort and you know like being able to count on the fact that you're going to have a job at a place you know what i mean but the running back position is the easiest position to fill in football okay so 
I'm trying to look up. I don't know when Tony Pollard was drafted, but I think he was a late round draft pick. I've got. Let's see. Let's let's finish your thought. But I've got a a thought I want to throw at you that we didn't necessarily plan for for this episode, but I think this would be kind of fun to talk about. And I don't know. I haven't heard it on any major uh, sports media outlets. So I want to just float yeah, so, something out there. So just to finish my thought, and then we'll get to what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Tony Pollard was a fourth-round draft pick, right? So they found okay. an incredible running back, a Pro Bowl running back, right? He made the Pro Bowl this year, I'm pretty sure. In the fourth round, and you're paying top dollar to an aging running back that's not even your best running back on your roster anymore. That's not a good way of running an organization, in my opinion. Um, okay, that was the finish of my thought. What were you saying? Uh, let me see. I'm looking up the running backs right now. NFC, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders. All NFC East teams. All right. Uh-huh. Um, might be on to something. With that, then, if Tony Pollard's making the Pro Bowl and Zeke isn't, but Zeke is taking up the lion's share of the, the cap space in the running backs room. Wouldn't it be cool to see a team like the Ravens, who are in running back purgatory, trade Lamar Jackson for Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, Does that not solve a couple problems for both the teams and make football more interesting in the NFL? Um that's a wildly misbalanced trade. I'll put it, I'll start there. Um, Lamar Jackson is worth so, 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 so much more than Zeke. It's ridiculous than just Zeke at least. Um, so I'll start there, but in terms of the premise of moving those two players, right? I think it does make a lot of sense. You look at that, you look at that Ravens offense and they, while they're obviously much, 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 much better with Lamar Jackson at quarterback than when they are with Tyler Huntley, like their their offense is built around the run game, right? And I don't think they would waver from that if they were to, because I think if 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 you were to ever make that trade happen, I think Dak would have to probably go to Baltimore as part of it. Did I not say that? No, you didn't mention that. You just said Zeke for Lamar Jackson. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we're missing all the logistics. <laughs> My yeah. bad. So if you send Dak too, right? Like, yeah, I think you could say it. you could argue that's a fairly equitable trade. I think it still favors uh, the Cowboys. That and a couple picks too. I think you're looking at something yeah. steeper than Russell Wilson, even. Yeah, probably. At least as much as Russell as they got for Russell Wilson. Um, no, but yeah, I, I think if we look at the premise of the idea, um, it makes sense, right? The the Ravens are a run first team, and I mean, Lamar Jackson is a perfect fit for them at quarterback, so it's hard for me to say like, oh, you should move on for them, like fucking pay that guy, like they need to. Um, but that's besides the point. We're looking at you know what this trade would make sense for. Like you add Dak, like Dak is a perfectly capable NFL quarterback. Yeah. When I say that I think he's a quarterback purgatory kind of guy, I 
I think he's the kind of guy that he's not going to go and win you games, right? But if you take him and you put him on, like, the 49ers, they're a Super Bowl team immediately, right? It's not because he's going to go and win them games because he's just a good enough quarterback to open up that offense a little bit more, you know what I mean? Um, But the base of why they would be winning those games isn't because of Dak. It would be because of their run game. It would be because of their defense, right? Dak's just another dimension for them, right? The problem with Cowboys is Dak is 100% who they are. The Ravens aren't that way, right? People think that Lamar Jackson is all the Ravens are. It's like, no, they, they run the shit out of the ball regardless of who's that quarterback, regardless of who's that running back. I mean, they've been going, they've had some brutal injury luck these last couple of years at running back and, those guys have been able to still run the hell out of the football. So I think, I think from that mindset, like, cause like Zeke is still a, a, a solid NFL running back. Like he's just not anywhere near as good as Tony Pollard. So why is he taking so many touches from Tony Pollard is more my comment on that, but I still think he's a very, very solid NFL running back. And especially in the power game, which I mean, that's exactly what the Ravens bread and bread and butter is. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think I think that would make a lot of sense. It would be cool to see them make that move. But I think, one, the Cowboys aren't moving on from Dak. And the Ravens aren't moving on from Lamar. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. I, <clears throat> I, I think what the – I mean, the Ravens are going to franchise tag Lamar, I would expect. Um, you don't think they'll work something out? No. I think while it could happen – I think we're looking at that contract situation. You're looking at Lamar wants a fully guaranteed deal, right? He saw what Deshaun Watson got in Cleveland and said, you gave that guy a $230 million fully guaranteed deal. Uh, I am better than him, and I don't have sexual assault allegations that are hanging over my head. So, yeah, I probably deserve at least that amount of deal, if not bigger, right? Yeah. And I don't think the Ravens want to give it to him. You look at who was like, if we go, we flash back in time to when Deshaun Watson got that deal. The Ravens owner was the most outspoken of all of the owners about how much he hated that deal. He didn't hate it because Deshaun Watson got signed somewhere. He hated it because Deshaun Watson got fully guaranteed money, and that guy knew he was going to have to pay Lamar Jackson fully guaranteed money as soon as Deshaun got it. Yep. So, because of that, like I just I I it, I feel like if the Ravens were going to give him that deal, they would have given it to him last year in the offseason. Because that's what he was asking for. I don't think the asking has changed. And you look at this season, Lamar had he had some injuries he dealt with. And then also, like, I mean, when he was playing, he wasn't super, super effective. He wasn't as he wasn't as electric as he had been in the past, right? Obviously, when you're comparing him to MVP seasons, you know, it can get murky. But still, he he wasn't as good. So I think that the Ravens are gonna look at that as have as leverage for them as Hey, you weren't as good this year, you know. I'm 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 not going to pay you this fully guaranteed deal, but yeah. Lamar would I in my opinion, I think Lamar It's hard for me to say dumb, but I I I kind of think it would be dumb for him to take anything less than a fully guaranteed deal. Because if he ever makes it to free agency, or sorry, when he makes it to free agency, 
because he will eventually. Like the Ravens yeah. can't control him for that long without him agreeing to something or him making it to free agency. Okay, he'll get it. So a team will pay it. Like that's the problem. Is like you look at NFL players. It's like they'll let the team that has <laughs> rights kind of like like they have that leverage and they let them. You know, like they'll take that deal. But if Lamar makes it to free agency and he hasn't had any catastrophic injuries he's played really solid football these next two years right because it would probably take two years you look at it's it's at least a franchise tag this year from the ravens they're not going to let him go without franchise tagging him and then maybe an additional franchise tag next year um but if he can go through that time and still play good football not have catastrophic injuries and he makes it to free agency and he's an unrestricted free agent there are at least 10 teams in the league that'll pay him fully guaranteed money on the spot. What are a couple off the top of your head? Um, I mean, if it was to happen now, um, the Panthers, the Texans, uh, the Colts, they've shown that they're willing to pay money to quarterbacks. Um, the, the commanders, you could argue. Um, Do um... They're in a cap situation, but I know Seattle. I think Geno Smith, but do you think they would? Oh, consider it. Consider it. Yeah, I think. I think that John Schneider has shown John Schneider and Pete Carroll both have shown throughout the course of their tenure with the Seahawks that they will consider anything. They will entertain anything. Um, do I think they would pull the trigger? No. Um. And I think it's because if they look at it and like you look at their situation, it's like Gino played good enough. Like that big of a cap hit for a quarterback is pretty, pretty tough to deal with, tough to swallow. I don't know. I just, and while Lamar is great and we love to run the football and like he would add a big element to us, I, I just, I, I don't, I think. I don't see the Seahawks when I look at the last, you know, 10 years since, you know, whatever Schneider's been there, Schneider and Carroll have been there. Like you look at the history of the moves that they've made. I don't, I don't think this falls in line with that. So I don't really think that that would make a whole lot of sense for the Seahawks to go and get them. Um, And honestly, what I'm saying is like, I can spitball teams right now. I think it's more going to matter. Like it all that matters is like when he hits free agency, what is that? What does the landscape of the NFL look like? Right. Which is impossible for us to predict. Um, but there, there will be a team that will pay him. You look every single year, teams will overpay a quarterback that flashed. And Lamar's done more than flash. Like the guy won an MVP. Yeah, He's been a very solid quarterback since then, right? So, but every year somebody gets paid that shouldn't, and. And it hurts that team for a long time. I mean, look at the contract that the Colts gave Carson Wentz a few years ago. Somehow they managed to trade that off. I don't know how, but look at look at what the Texans gave Brock Osweiler after one year in Denver, where he was somewhat decent. Oh yeah, right. That's like funny, I forgot about that. Like, there's like I, I we can go through countless examples of guys getting paid off of. Shit, the Seahawks paid Matt Flynn a shit ton of money million. off of one game. Uh, now, granted, he was there for like 400 or 500 yards in that game, like six touchdowns or something. What, and then we signed him the next offseason. 
Oh, I see. Yes, the game he played in Green Bay, like when he took yeah. over for Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Yes. Um, I remember that. And then we signed him to a $15 million deal to sit back up to rookie Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. But yeah, you look, I mean, like guys get paid like that all the time, right? Like those, and these, I'm like, I'm talking about scrubs that get paid like big money players because teams are trying to find a fucking quarterback because that's what you need in the league, right? So you look at a quarterback who's gotten MVP, who's played solid football. If he's managed to stay healthy these next, you know, however many years it is until he hits free agency. Yeah, somebody will pay him a shitload of money and they'll make it fully guaranteed. They'll do whatever they need to do to get him in the building. So if if I'm Lamar, I think I'm betting on myself and saying, all right, you're going to franchise tag me? Cool, I'll sign that tender. Like, you keep negotiating until you can't, but if, if you don't come to an agreement that's fully guaranteed, you sign that franchise tag, you play that year, because that's, hey, that's fully guaranteed money. Yeah. Stay healthy again, try to negotiate the next year. If they don't want to pay you, okay, then you're in free agency. Or if they don't want to pay you and they decide to franchise tag you again, you're getting paid even more. You're still on a fully guaranteed deal for that year. Again, it, it sucks being on a year by year deal because he could have, you know, if you have a catastrophic injury, you're screwed. You're not getting another contract. But that's why I, I mean, just bet on yourself. Um, because I think that there's there's so much money at the end of the tunnel. Like a prime example is what Kirk Cousins did with to Washington, right? Where they franchise tagged him oh, at yeah. least one year. I don't know if it was two years. I think it might have been two, but they franchise tagged him at least once. And then he went on to go to Minnesota and he actually, he got a fully guaranteed deal with Minnesota. It was only, you know, three or four years or whatever it was, but it was fully guaranteed, right? Like he made a shit ton of money off of being a slightly, he was an average to above average NFL quarterback for all those years. And he was tagged for two years. So he got franchise tag for two he years was in tagged Washington. Two years. Yeah. Yeah, and then he signed a three-year, fully guaranteed, eighty-four million dollar deal to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like, like look at that blueprint, and they're like, "Fuck, I'm better than that guy." <laughs> if I'm Mar, like, I'm looking, I'm like, "I could, I could beat the shit out of Kirk Cousins." Like, like any team in the league is picking Lamar Jackson over Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So. You know, I think I think if I'm him, I'm betting on myself and trying to play that out. I have the NFL Network playing on, uh, like, just on the NFL app on my Apple TV, and they've been doing reruns of the NFC Championships. I've noticed, like, all week long, because mm-hmm. obviously this weekend. Um, and I think this is probably like the fifth or sixth time I've seen them do the replay of the. I want to say it's the 2014 season where it's Seattle versus Green Bay. And right now it's the fourth oh, quarter yeah. and they're down 19 to seven. There's only eight minutes left in the game. Dude. So awesome. Such a great game. Such if you're a, a Seahawks fan. That yeah. was when Chris Matthews decided he was going to be a go God mode for like a month. Right. He went off that game and he had a great Super Bowl too against the Patriots. And he's like, never you know touched the football again. I'm doing all right selling shoes right now at Foot Locker, but you know how I would sell a lot of shoes? I'll go play <laughs> yeah, a game in the NFL, a couple games, a couple big exactly. games. 
and I'll I'll do something with them. So funny, dude. Yeah, no, I love okay. that game. I remember I was uh, it was like I it was me and a bunch of friends. We were over at uh, Kutch's dad's house to watch that game. Um, it was like a bunch of us, and I remember because it was like we were over there. And the reason we were there is because like they we could drink there, right? And we were, you know, under it. And so we're sitting there. We're all, it's like hits halftime and we're just like, fuck. We just so like, we started getting just shit canned because we're like, we're losing. This sucks. And then we started getting more shit canned because we started coming back. (laughs) It was a bad night. We got very, very, very drunk. But had a great time. Seahawks won, baby. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. You know, it's funny. I'll never forget this game because of where I was at, too. I was in Dallas with my dad. And Green Bay just beat Dallas in the divisional round on a very controversial catch. Yeah, it was the Des Des That was the Des game. Yeah. Yep. And so I'm sitting in this Buffalo Wild Wings in Dallas, Texas, and everybody's like, there's a couple Packers fans like sitting up at the bar top and my dad and I are in the dining room and um, everyone How hard was who for Seattle. What's that? How hard was everybody cheering for Seattle? Oh dude. It, Cause it was quiet. So they're not like Seattle fans. They're Cowboys fans. Right. But they're mad at green Bay. And so the green Bay Packers fans all up until this point where there's eight minutes left in the game, right? Like cheering, hooting and hollering more rounds, probably getting shit canned like you and your buddies. And at this point in the game, when things turn around in the fourth quarter, everybody's heckling them, kicked them out of the bar. Literally, like, a couple of fans, Cowboys fans, got them so riled up, they just left. Paid the check <laughs> and left right there. Didn't even That's finish the game. Wow. Well, I'm sure they're glad they're, they didn't, you know, given yeah. the way that result came out. All right, Jacob, I got one for you this time. Wouldn't it be cool if Travis Kelsey, the McDonald's drive through of receivers, met his brother, Jason Kelsey, the soon-to-be Christmas Carol artist, um, in the Super Bowl? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. What's the McDonald's thing? Well, you know, I mean, McDonald's drive through it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, he's always open, baby. Oh, shit. That's funny. He really is, though. Oh, my gosh. It's like, Dude. you know, the ball's going to go to him. And he's always like he's in a different zip code when he's catching. I don't know what the fuck the nearest the defender. I don't know what the fuck the Jags were doing last week but like the whole like let's just not guard travis kelsey and see if it works was not the best game plan on defense um just throwing my you know coaching two cents in there um seemed like not covering travis kelsey didn't work out for them too well he had like 14 catches i believe um but yeah so (laughs) i like that um okay dang Yes, I do think that would be cool. My personal, like just what I want to see is I think it'd be super cool to see um, the Bengals do it again. Like I just, I like Joe Burrow. I like the Bengals team. I like Zach Taylor. 
And I also kind of like that they're this kryptonite for the Chiefs. But um, as far as the NFC side of it goes, I'm, I don't know. I could flip a coin. I, it's not that I don't care. I just think either one of those two teams in the Super Bowl would be exciting. However, oh, I, to answer I, your question, yeah, yeah I, I totally think it'd be exciting to see the two brothers play each other. I, my head, this is so funny. My head first goes to like, their parents will obviously be there. How do you like, what side do you sit on? What jersey do you wear? Do you, when one of them wins and one of them loses, like what, who do you go to first? I, I don't know. I just think from the parents' point of view, that's got to be both fun and confusing. Yeah. Well, so, you know, what's funny is I, uh, Travis Kelsey went on the, uh, Pat McAfee show this week. Um, and oh, really? asked them that same question, right. Where they were like, you know, what about your mom, you know, or whatever. And he, and he, he, kind of, he's like, he's like, well, you know, it's like my mom for, it's easy for her. She just roots for whoever's on offense. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, that's good. Right. You know, cause it's like, Hey, your, your boys both play offense. You know, they're not actually playing against each other on the same field, you know, that but makes sense. that, that go in a little bit deeper, right. Where you're like, okay, one of them's got to win. One of them's got to lose. Who do you talk to first? I don't know, man. That's, that's something I hadn't thought about. Uh, that'd be tough. I'm glad I wouldn't be in that position myself. Um, my guess is you would go to the person who lost first. No, I don't know. Now that I'm saying that, that sounds. Pat funny. him on the back. Hey, buddy, you really tried good out there, but we're gonna go celebrate with your brother. Be right back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. That's so awkward. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I no, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. Honestly, I think if I were in that situation, and I'm not a parent, but I feel as though the right thing to do might be to honestly maybe not talk to the the brother who lost and for a while like wait for him to get out of the locker room or something like he might just want to be alone for a little bit the nature of nfl football it's so competitive both brothers have to be wild competitive and like whoever it is that loses might just want to have like a couple hours themselves and then or with their teammates or whoever and then be open to okay like whatever where I'm going to hang out with my family. And plus, then it doesn't like take away from the fun of celebrating with the winning brother. But I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a parent listening that's like, can give me some insight as to why I'm wrong. Well, yeah. the only, So my, you know, playing devil's advocate is mm-hmm. I would think like you're like, that's got to be one of the worst moments in the losing brother's life. So being there for him in that moment where he's really struggling could be very powerful. But yeah, that's really just me playing devil's advocate because what I know about hyper competitive athletes, um, after a loss like that, the last thing they want to do is have to navigate the waters of talking to family and friends about the fact that they just lost. Like, right. they just want to go and, yeah, like, be sad. Like, sometimes you need to just fucking deal with that grief on your own. Um, or at least for, like, a little bit of time where you got some, like, I just need to be alone for a while. Like, let me let me work up my, you know, strength to get back into this. Um, 
And I think part of the reality is too, it could very well be the opposite where like, okay, I lost, that sucks. But dude, we just played against each other in the Super Bowl. You know, they grew up together in the same house. Uh-huh. What a dream that must have been. And they might be bummed, but not sad. But I, I don't know who's to say. Oh, yeah. Find I mean, out if, if they make it there in a couple weeks. Yeah, they're definitely going to be bummed. I mean, you don't lose the Super Bowl and not be bummed. And if you're not, then you're probably playing the wrong wrong sport. Um, right, but, like, I think what I'm saying is just happy for your family and your brother. Yeah, and like, it, it's that bitter, like Totally. Yeah, where it's like, it's like, ah, oh, it's like, I just witnessed my brother living out his lifelong dream that we've been talking about since we were, you know, since we could formulate thoughts. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's the ultimate bittersweet moment, right? Like watching your brother, like the person that you're closest to, I, I, I don't know this, right? Like, I don't know they're really, I would assume that they're closest with each other just for what I know about brothers. You know, um, and I mean, they also like they have a podcast that they do together, which is incredible, by the way, if you haven't listened to it. um, That's a really good podcast. What's but, it called? I think it's called New Heights. OK. Um, but yeah, I mean, I imagine they're very close. And I mean, you look at it right now. I, just take it outside of like, I'll take it even further, right? Like, wouldn't it be cool for them both to make the hall of fame? Because I think they both are on pace that they will make the hall of fame. I, Oh yeah. I, um, that's funny. You say that I, I would be shocked if they didn't like, it would take, I don't know, something catastrophic for either one of them not to. Yeah. Well, Travis, Travis Kelsey Travis certainly is, a is He's a being lot. a skill position. It's hard for me to say. Cause like, I don't really, I don't really know a whole, I mean, I know a little bit about offensive line play. I don't really know a whole lot about what goes into getting an offensive lineman elected to the hall of fame. Travis Kelsey is 100%. He could retire today and he will go in the hall of fame in five years. Like that is like he numbers that he's put up. Right. And like, we've talked, we talked about this. Like I, I think it's a debate. But I think by the time his career's over, there's not really going to be able to, you're not going to be able to debate it anymore. But like, he's debatably the greatest tight end to ever play the game. I think it's, I I, I think it's him and Gronk. I was going to say, I know a lot of people say Tony Gonzalez because he's already there, but I I agree with you about the Gronk thing. I think Gronk is, it's him or Gronk. And this isn't to, discredit Tony Gonzalez's career or anything like that but totally. one you look at Kelsey's numbers they're stupid they're gonna blow every single other tight end out of the water um but two if you look at the specific numbers for Gronk is his touchdown numbers are stupid like he's got like 90 something touchdowns like He's got the most touchdowns by a tight end and he didn't even play like really that long when you consider all of the injuries he had and stuff like he, yeah. you know, I, and I think, I think there's two different ways to frame this argument, right? Where if you, you could say greatest of all time and you look at their whole career. If you look at their whole career <clears throat> by the end of it, Travis Kelsey will have been way more productive over a longer period of time. I think, right. Barring anything catastrophic happening. Yeah. But with that being said, 
who was who would I rather have? Like, who's the most who, who's a better tight end? Who's a more dominant tight end? I would take Gronk personally. I think he's a better blocker, um, an absolute physical freak, can run, can throw people to the ground. Nobody can. I mean, like, he's hard to I, tackle. Like, I'm like, I don't know what the word is, but ha- just what's man. the word for like? can't wrestle to the ground can't he's a fucking load that's you what bounce he is off him yeah i don't know he's a load um, i think the other thing too is travis kelsey he was on the team that with the chiefs that won the super bowl in 2019 yes yes um does jason kelsey have a super bowl ring uh, i don't know i don't know if he was on that eagles team in 2017 yeah Let's see. Let's I'll, um, are you trying see. to pull it up? I'm I'm trying to find what I can. If you can find, then sweet. But I believe no. Yeah, he's he's been in the league for twelve years. Okay, 2017 roster for the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's go to the center. Looks like Jason Kelsey was on it, and they won a Super Bowl. So that means both brothers have a ring already. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes it even cooler. He, is a super- he was a first-team All-Pro that year, too. Damn, he's, he's a first-team All-Pro this year. All-Pro. Five that's times? A, Are you serious? Yeah, that's really impressive. I don't think I knew that. 18, 19, 2021, He's been in the league for 12 years, dude. Who's the older brother? I believe Travis is. Who's older? Travis or Jason Kelsey? Oh, yeah, Google. Finish the sentence for me. No, it's uh, it's Kelsey? Jason. Yeah, Jason is okay. If those two teams go to the Super Bowl, I'm an older brother between me and my brother, so I'm rooting for the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> That's my decision. <laughs> go, Jason. Go, older brothers. It's a thing. Um, Colin, if you're listening, so. My stepbrother, you know, obviously you know Colin, but for the listeners, I have an older stepbrother. His name's Colin. Um, he and I shared a room together and when we were growing up. And, and so through middle school and high school, we had this, um, this is going to sound so lame, but we had this secret club with each other. We called it the, the BBC. It stood for the Big Brothers Club. We were the older brothers of our, our respective families. And so we would call like, little secret meetings with each other and be like, Hey, like the, you know, Logan's beating up on Devin and Luke's like being an asshole to everyone. And we got to straighten this family out. Like we got to get our <laughs> shit together. What, what are we going to do? How are we going to, what do, we got to do something about this. <laughs> we would have these like secret meetings, <laughs> try to get the family together. <laughs> That's hilarious. I did not know about that, but that is yeah. funny. <laughs> But anyways, yeah. that that's my hot take. I'm I'm rooting for Jason between the two. If if they make it, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Um however, 
the Chiefs have to get – they have to overcome their kryptonite, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Eagles, as electrifying as they have been this season, have to beat this defense of the 49ers that we've been talking up the last couple weeks. Yeah. I I think the most I, I, likely I, honestly, here, is a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl. But I would not be disappointed with an Eagles likely? Chiefs. It, yeah, in my opinion, I I think that's the least shocking to me is if those two teams go. I mean, I guess, I mean, okay. It's hard for me. Like, I, I, I think that you could take any possible matchup of this Super Bowl, and I, I think they're all almost equally as likely as the other. <laughs> like, to- Totally, yeah. Like, I, I could absolutely see the Eagles winning. I can absolutely see the 49ers winning. I can absolutely see the Chiefs winning. I can absolutely see the Bengals winning. So, yeah. I think it's a complete toss-up. Um, yeah, it makes it hard. I think that's just my, like, quick look, hot take, whatever you want to call it, just without – if I don't have to think about it, you yes. know, they're you all 25% chance. I just – my gut instinct, the thing deep down inside of me that doesn't want to think and over-speculate over is is uh, Bengals, 49ers. That's just the top two teams right now, and, and that's who I think I'm, I'm about to see in two weeks. But nothing would shock me. Yeah, see, I'm kind of more. I'm more on the other side. I, I think Chiefs Eagles oh, okay. is the more likely, um, and I think because given how close all of these teams are, I think that home field advantage is everything. Um, and I know we can talk about like, oh, the Bengals have won their last two games in Arrowhead. Sure, they have. Um, pretty small sample size. Yeah, um, but I don't think that's why they would win. Yeah, it, I I just like. I look at that home field advantage, right? And like that's like kind of my next thing. And then also like when I look at two teams that are really close, uh deciding factor is almost always gonna be the quarterback. And uh I mean time will tell. Maybe I'm gonna be wrong. Like we're gonna look back at this and be like, Oh man, that's a bad take you had there, but Jalen Hurts, I think, is better than Brock Purdy. Um mm, I see. Well and so I think I take him over he them, is. but and also, also, I think that I don't think people. I think in the sports media, there's a lot of recency bias in sports media, where you look at the 49ers, look at what they did to the Cowboys. It's very recent. You look what they did, like what they did to the Seahawks was awesome. Um, but you know the Eagles, they, I mean they 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 played last week. They had a you know good game last week. They a beat the breaks off the game. thirty eight to seven. They beat the brakes off the Giants, um, but like nobody really talks about that because like ah, it's just the Giants, right? But I'm like, okay, it's a playoff team still. And then they were on a bye the week before, and so I think recency bias is a lot of people really high on the 49ers right now because of what they did these last few weeks, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily the wrong thing to do because they've been a very fucking good team. But let's not forget how good this Eagles team is, like. I don't know what the exact number is, but they've got a shitload of pro bowlers and they've got like a handful of guys that probably should have been pro bowlers that got snubbed. I think it's um, eight. I, I, I think see that was my gut too was eight. Um but then you look at like like James Bradbury, the corner, like didn't make oh, the pro 
I was and shocked he didn't make it. Sh- shocking, right? And so you're like, I, I, I see those things, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I think I, that Eagles team is so, so good. Um, you're looking at, I don't know if, how it actually ended this, up, uh... but at a certain point in time, they were on pace to be like the first team in NFL history with four players with 10 or more sacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm um, about that. That's true. So, like, I mean, like, they, they're, they're a very good defense. Like, like, they're, like, probably the only defense in the NFL that can really match up with the 49ers pretty well. Yeah. They've got a great run game. They've got studs at receiver in A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. They've got a great tight end in Dallas Goddard. And Jalen Hurts, I think, should win MVP this year. So when you put all of that and they're the home team, right? So when I put all of that into the mix, the blender, it comes out with us with an Eagles win. But gotcha. again, as I said at the beginning, I'm not going to be surprised by any combination of teams winning these games. Um, and I hit the point when I'm at this point of the season, when my team's out of it. Now I will say I do root against the 49ers. So I will be rooting hard for the Eagles. Um, but like on the other side, Bills Chiefs, man, I'm just rooting for awesome football. I want to see. I hope Mahomes is healthy enough to be special. Um, right. I know Joe Burrow is going to be special. Um, but I just want to see a really great football game. Like I want to see something that reminds me of the Minneapolis Miracle, you know, or the Beast Quake, or whatever it might be. You pick any big ass game crazy moment that's happened in the NFL in the history of the NFL and you pick it out and I that that's that's what I want to see. I want to see something that nobody's ever seen before. Um and that's where I get to at this point in the season or at any any point in the season if I'm watching a game with two teams that I don't care about. It's that that's always what I root for is I want to see just a fucking awesome football game. Entertain me, right? Like I don't want to beat the Giants 38 to 7. Like that's not that's not fun. It's like we turned that game off like halfway through. Or I was half in my phone the whole time. Like that's that's not entertaining. Like we don't want to see a team get the shit beat out of them. But what we want to see is competitive football. The thing that impresses me the most about the Eagles this season, and it's funny you mentioned the the fact that they were the for, they were on pace to be the first team with four players to have ten plus sacks. Um, the thing that impresses me the most about the Eagles was their this offensive scheme they run is this unique uh, triple option sort of scheme. Like every time there's a triple option with an RPO built into it, and that's what makes their run game so effective. And yet there's this other side of the ball that I just completely forgot about, which they just lit up, was their defense, which is crazy to me. Yeah, no, um, this thing is, like, because of how good their offense is, I think a lot of people have forgot about how good their defense is. Like, their defense, like, for a lot of the season was actually debatably the best defense in the league, right? Like, they're actually, like, pretty damn close to as good as the 49ers are. I, I still put the 49ers up there over them. I think the 49ers defense is more the defense that strikes fear in their opponents as opposed to the Eagles. But the Eagles, Eagles are so tactical. Bit- so good, yeah. I um, 
I could be wrong, but I almost feel like we're about to see, as opposed to any of the players being the the focal points of the game, I almost feel like it's about to be a Kyle Shanahan versus Nick Sirianni like, oh. coaching chess match. This is I, gonna, I think that's what this game gonna is going to be. be. A coaching masterclass. I mean, and you know, the, I tell you what, man, I Nick Sirianni has really grown on me this year. He's been so much fun to watch. Like watching him run up and yeah. down those sides, like just talking shit, just being like, "I we're like I'm 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 him. Like we're we're that team right now, right? Like, like yeah." And I'm like, "Oh God, that's a guy that I think I could play football for." He's got that dog mentality. That's what he says. That dog mentality. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I, that's gonna be. I'm excited I'm, to I, see that game. But I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to both games this weekend. Um, although I will yeah. say, I think I'm gonna miss a little bit of the the first game. Uh, because uh, so for listeners, those of you guys, you guys don't know. Um, I am currently in Hawaii. Um, actually with Jacob's family, which is kind of funny. Jacob's not here, but I'm here with Jacob's family. <laughs> <laughs> Because I am their uh, adopted sixth son, um, and I'm so me and me and Logan are going to be going to play golf on Sunday morning. Um, didn't even think, you know, I'm just like booking golf, like whatever. Like I'm on vacation, wasn't even thinking about. I'm like, oh shit, the game's going to be on because like we're you know two hours behind um, the Pacific Coast over there, so we are, you know, the game is going to be kicking off at 10 a.m. Um over here it's like we're gonna be in the middle of our round of golf so i'm gonna be missing some of that uh 49ers eagles game which is a bummer but i think what i'm gonna do is just have my uh my roommates uh dvr it so that way i can watch it later on um because i do i think that's gonna be an incredible fuck up i both these games this weekend like we are in for a treat as football fans um mm-hmm. i'm i'm knocking on wood purely for the fact that i think you know hopefully it is actually like we are actually in for a treat um, but I mean, I just, I, I, I find it harder to see how these games could end up not entertaining than some of the best games we've ever seen. This like Mahomes Burrow is turning into one of the great quarterback rivalries we've seen. What I'm trying to think, what's the last time we had a great, Manning Would Brady. Be, oh, that's what I was Man- gonna say. Peyton Manning Brady or Eli Manning Brady because Brady couldn't beat Eli in the big game. It's Peyton Brady is the bigger of the rivalries, right? But yes, like you are right. Eli beat him twice. Um, God. but it would be Elway, Ankman, Favre. I don't know. Yeah, there's really not a lot. Like it's very rare that you get those real player rivalries where players get pitted against each other. And I think honestly, you look at the whole AFC right now. Um, there's yeah, I hope Josh the, Allen can figure it out and get Herbert to the top level. Because man, if every year we were looking at like Herbert versus Allen versus Burrow versus Mahomes, like I would Jesus be Christ, that'd be entertaining. Well, and then you think about the fact that the Ravens, if they keep. Uh, they Lamar. keep Lamar like Lamar is also in the AFC. Like, yeah, the AFC is loaded up. Um, it's almost like the the playoffs will be on invite only basis. <laughs> like, 
you got to get the the Chargers, Ravens, Chiefs, and Bills and Bengals all to agree to allow you to be one of the final two seeds to come dance with the rest of them. I know, honestly, but I mean, I think I I I think that the NFL. In case you, I'm fucking around with the scoreboard uh, with a skateboard. In case you heard that. <laughs> um, I think the NFL is in an awesome, awesome place right now at the quarterback position. Like people say all the time, they're like, oh man, like there's not enough quarterbacks, there's not enough quarterbacks. I'm like, what's bullshit? Like, there's a lot of great young quarterbacks in the league right now that are so fun to watch. And the way that that position is changing with the move to more mobility and everything, too, is I think just gonna bring in a whole new generation of athletes into the NFL. And it's it's fun to watch, man. You look at we watch you watch these offenses these days. These quarterbacks and receivers are doing absolutely fucking silly things out there, and I love to see it. I hope it continues, and I hope it just gets better and better and better every year. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fucking awesome. Um, of the four teams left, what is the best game we can see in the Super Bowl? So. When best, I say that, I mean like, what's the best game you think would provide the? Because we were just the talking most entertainment, about entertainment. The most I want, entertainment. Yes, it's I it's Chiefs Eagles. Actually, well, oh, you think? Honest, honestly, I think you could put any combo of the AFC teams. I think both those AFC teams are equally as entertaining to watch. Um, actually, I guess, actually, I think you could argue right now it would be the Bengals because of the injury Holmes has. Like, if he's not going to be able to move around and be quite as special as he always can be. Can I bring something? Or, up? Uh, I I just want to say Chiefs Eagles. I didn't think about it until just now, but I think the storyline of Andy Reid going against the Eagles, his old team. Yeah, I haven't even thought of that actually until you just mentioned that. I'm like, you know what? That's that's a whole storyline that's going to be covered. Oh yeah, they'll, should they'll that happen? All the fucking storylines. Um, yeah, no, I that would be awesome. I. The reason I said Chiefs Eagles, I wasn't even thinking about that. That is a great point. And I said Chiefs Eagles is just because I think I the Eagles have a more dynamic offense than the 49ers. And I, I think like if you look at pure entertainment value of the Super Bowl, like the Eagles offense, like yeah, the Eagles have a great defense, but the Chiefs offense is so good. Like they're going to put up points, right? The Chiefs defense isn't incredible doesn't blow your socks off they're a pretty solid group but they don't blow your socks off like so i I think that would give you more the more likely of the you know 35 to 33 high scoring action late type of game versus like i think if you put the 40 in the super bowl the 49ers are going to make that game a you know 21 19 slugfest or something like that right not to say that that can't be a great football game but yeah, it's just pure entertainment value, more... pure excitement value. I think is big. I mean, the fans love offense. Like that's just that, that is what it is. And so, I think that's that would be the the matchup that would be the most the most ideal, the most exciting. Okay, that that's a good answer. That's a good perspective on it. Hey, Trevor, um, did you see the Jets hired the? Broncos head coach from this season, Nathaniel Hackett. I did. Um, and 
it's only a good hire if one thing happens. And that's if Aaron Rodgers ends up a New York Jet next year. <laughs> if if Aaron Rodgers is not where you were going with that. Awesome. 100% <laughs> the only reason they hired Nathaniel Hackett is because he was the Green Bay offensive coordinator for a few years. He was no the offensive way. coordinator when Aaron Rodgers won his last MVPs. They want Aaron Rodgers to want to come to New York. And I think saying, hey, we got your guy is part of their pitch. Because if you look at the history of Nathaniel Hackett's offenses, right? Like, he's been with, you know, the Jags. He might have been with another team for a little bit before he went to Green Bay. I'm not totally sure. Forgive me for forgiving. Um, but, like, two years with the Jags, he was, like, bottom, you know, it was, like, it was like 25th and, like, 28th in scoring offense in yards per game or some shit like that. Um you know, he, he moved up to, like, middle of the pack the next couple of years. And then guess what? After he gets Aaron Rodgers, he finishes top 10, including one, you know, one of the years. Like, weird. What happened there? Is that Aaron Rodgers or is that Nathaniel Hackett's offensive system? You know? Like, and and again, right, you look at, you look at the I, – I mean, we've talked about Russ and the Broncos this year. And I, I, I think, honestly, I want to see the Jets go and somehow get Aaron Rodgers. Actually, not do. Do I want to see with, with that? Or, no, okay, I want to see if but, Nick can be successful without Aaron Rodgers. That's really what I want. No, I gotta I look want, this I up. Hold know. on. Did Brett Favre? He played after he played for the Packers. His Hall of Fame career with he, did go he to went the to the Jets. So is Aaron so Rodgers get, just gonna follow in the footsteps of Brett Favre? <laughs> get get this shit. Uh, I saw Brett Favre play live, but he was playing as a Jet. At Century Link. Uh, Did he my, go to the Vikings or the Jets first? He went to the Jets first. Okay. He retired. What? Then he went to the Jets. And then he retired again. And then he went to the Vikings. I'm just seeing this play out in my head. And it's not. It's honestly not the craziest thing I've heard. Because Kirk Cousins is finishing out a contract with Minnesota. Aaron Rodgers plays a stint in New York. And then maybe goes to Minnesota. And then calls well, the look- career. I think there's a very, very real change. Like you look at the interviews that Aaron Rodgers has given in the last week talking about this. Like it seems to me like there's I mean, one, like every year, it seems like there's a good chance they move on from him. And then you look at the, their lack of success this year. If they at all think Jordan Love was a good player, they're going to move on. I would expect after this year, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not going to get any more valuable than he is right now. Um, so you might as well trade him, get the picks. The Jets have the picks, the draft capital to make this move. Um, you know, go and True. see what you got in Jordan Love. Like, you're clearly not quite ready to compete for a Super Bowl right now with Aaron Rodgers. So, get the next yeah. guy ready. Like, 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 let's get moving on the rebuild. You know, like, I don't understand the teams that hang on to aging quarterbacks. That still might be great. Like, let's not get it twisted. Aaron Rodgers is still a great NFL quarterback. He's less but, than one year removed from being a back-to-back, back-to-back MVP. MVP. Yeah. Actually, he still technically is a back-to-back MVP winner because he hasn't lost it technically yet. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, like he still can absolutely be great. And I've watched him play football this year and seen him make throws that are fucking silly. Um, 
I just think it's like you look at that, you look at that Packers team, you look at the way they were this year, or the way they were. I hate the way I just said that, the way they were. Um, you look at the way they played this year, and they just weren't they they weren't competitive anywhere near competitive enough to go and win a Super Bowl. So with that being said, why don't we go see what we got in Jordan Love? move on from Aaron Rodgers, get what we can out of him. Because guess what? If you hold on to Aaron Rodgers till it's too late, you're not getting anything out of him other than, you know, whatever those few years were. So if you feel like you're ready to go win a Super Bowl, then boom, keep him. Let's go win a Super Bowl. Let's go try to win a Super Bowl, right? But if you're not quite there, yeah, fucking move on. Why not? Um, And I think that's what the Jets are trying to do. I think that's why they hired Nathaniel Hackett. And I... If you look at Nathaniel Hackett's offensive numbers, I just I think that they are Aaron Rodgers dependent. I think they required Aaron Rodgers being a freakazoid. Um, and I think that the Jets are going to be a bad football team next year, which isn't a very hot take. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what they do at quarterback. If they can get a quarterback, they could be a good team because they've got a great defense. Um, they got some young guys on offense that can be that can be good players. But I mean, it's the Jets, right? It's just one of those garbage organizations that just loses, right? It's like it's it's the Jets, it's the Lions, it's the Jags, and it's the Browns and the Commanders. As- I guess you could say too. Oh, that's funny. I was gonna say, and as of late, the Texans, but yeah, there's, no, there's, the Texans are in there too. Yeah, Texans are in there too. There's like a bottom third. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and those guys are consistently in the bottom third. Um, and there's a reason it's because they make poor decisions and they'll make decisions like this, hoping they can get a player. But what happens if you don't get that player? You know? Yeah, it like it's organizational. It's it's systemic. It's it's something it deeper rooted within the the franchise itself. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Interesting. Okay, so Nathaniel Hackett has a just got to call it for what it is—a terrible season in Denver. Oh, atrocious! Um, fired from terrible. being head coach, one of the worst mid-season, and then Which... gets fired from being a head coach at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, actually, he, I mean, he and didn't then, get through the whole season. Gosh. And then just gets hired uh, before the Super Bowl in the coaching carousel as the offensive coordinator for the Jets. So he's still in the NFL. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised that he's still in the NFL. Like, if you've earned your way up to a head coaching job, you're probably a pretty capable coach. Okay, so I've got my nomination for – that was cool. Um, got word that Frank Reich just got hired as the head coach for the Panthers. That was cool. I agree. Uh, why, why do you think that was cool? Before I go into why I think that was cool. I I was a little bit confused. I understand the Colts were struggling this season, but I something in me just feels like it was a bit premature not to wait till the end of the season to let him go Mm -hmm. I don't think he was doing terrible and I think the harder part was he wasn't given some of the tools that you need to be able to succeed I I think systemically he he was doing well he was implementing good systems and and coaching well 
I I don't agree that it was him entirely. I don't think letting him go was the right decision on the Colts part. And I think the Panthers having a need moving on from Matt Rule, I I just think Frank Reich is is the right guy for them. I think he'll see success there. Gotcha. I I I agree a lot with what you just said. Uh I do think I think Frank Reich is a way better coach than he got credit for. Probably shouldn't have gotten fired. But also I do kind of like again playing devil's advocate here, I do kind of see why he got fired. I mean, they were playing abysmally. Um, yeah. But like, he got fired before the eighth game, I think. Yeah. That that felt a little yeah. premature. And, and yeah, it, it seems to me like I don't know. I I think Jim Ursay has his hand in the pie a little bit too much. And uh, I didn't talk about this when we talked about the Cowboys earlier, but just to quickly jump back to that. Like, I think that's part of the, the problem with the Cowboys and part of what could make them go and move on past that divisional round is Jerry Jones taking his hand in the pie saying, Hey, I'm just going to be an owner. I'll let you guys run the football team. Um mm-hmm. Now, obviously, he, he like he's he's all of his stuff is like riding off the momentum of fucking Super Bowls in the '80s. You know what I mean? So like, they haven't been successful recently. And like, you look at what are the things that he's said this year? He's talks how much he loves Dak Prescott and how much he supports him. How much he loves Zeke Elliott and how much he supports him. In my opinion, those are the two guys that need to go for them to be a better team. Like, <laughs> so, um, with that being said, I think. Ursay has kind of been doing the same thing in Indy where he has been over the course of his career, making a lot of good decisions in Indy and being a little bit more hands-off, but he's been kind of getting more involved these last few years. And then, yeah, like Why all of a sudden that? this all happens. And he's getting older. He wants to, I mean, it's kind of hard not to get too involved, right? You own a football team. You own a professional football team. I get it. I'd want my hands in the pie. I'd want to be involved in every little decision as well. Um, yeah. But I think if you look at the great, the best organizations, that's not how they're ran. They're not ran by an owner that does all that stuff, right? Like you look at like like look at the Patriots, right? Like Kraft is very involved, but he enables Bill Belichick, who's his smart football mind that he knows he's got. He enables him to make the correct moves and decisions. And I think that too often in the NFL these days, teams don't do that. Um, now to get back to Frank Reich, um, like, I don't think he deserved exactly what he got. Um, the team wasn't performing at a certain point. If the team's not performing, you got to punish, like the coach has to, like, that's part of it, right? It's part of the business at this point, but I think he's got a lot more to offer as a coach. Um, I think, you know, we're not too far removed from the Colts being a way more competitive team than we thought they were going to be. And I think that is a lot attributed to Frank Reich. Um, but what I'll say about this, that was cool was that I thought it would have been cooler if Steve Wilkes has got, had gotten the job because you look at Carolina, they fired Matt rule shit. They fired him. I think before the Colts even fired Frank Reich. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wilkes comes in as the interim and he's able to bring that team back to like, he brought them into playoff contention. Now, granted, the only reason they were in playoff contention is because they played in the dog shit NFC South, 
but they were still in playoff contention, right? Like he, he got that team to rebuy in and play a lot better football going down the stretch. Right. And like, why does he not get the job? You know what I mean? Um, I think it's interesting because the same thing kind of happened in Las Vegas just this past season or two. Um, with Rich Masakia and yeah, agree. Yeah. It's, and it's I, a I think very, we're going to see the same exact situation. thing is about to play out this, this next season. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you saw like Steve Wilkes, his attorney came out and basically berated the Panthers organization thinking it's a race problem. Um, mm. Which, I mean, you look at the history of the NFL. Yeah, we're going to withhold from commenting on it. Um, Uh, I was just going to say, I don't know that I have an opinion. I have no idea. I'm not educated in that, and I don't know anything about the organization. Yeah, well, I'm not going to comment on the organization. Like, I don't know anything about the organization, but if you look at the NFL as a whole, they have historically shown, like, it's ridiculous to me to me that a league that has, you know, sixty seven percent black players only has about like I think it's I, I don't know what the exact percentage is, so I don't really want to say one, but I wanna say it's like fifteen to twenty percent black coaches or black head coaches, I guess I should say. Because there's plenty of black coaches, but like in terms of head coaches, there's not it's not a super high number. The NFL um, has three black head coaches. Yeah, so even less. That's like what that's less than it's about 10 it's less than 10 percent which is 25 percent less than they had the year before where they had four (laughs) right i this is it's a real problem in the nfl there's a reason they had to have the ruining rule that rule doesn't get instituted if it wasn't for the fact that this was a problem i mean it's a problem that we've got in the nfl and that's not to say that like i mean again we were just talking about how i think Reich is a very will like like reasonable guy to hire. I think he's he may be a coach. So there's that. But and on what top else of that, Steve Wilkes has to do. Oh, really though? Yeah. And you on know? top of that, for Frank Reich, I hope he sees success with the Panthers. And yes. in a in a division that is transforming a lot right now, I I hope he's one of them that like floats to the top you know agreed yeah like everything's up in the air in the nfc south and um i yeah i I see this isn't me this isn't me saying frank Wright doesn't deserve the job it's more just me saying hey why you know i just kind of pointing that out like it's something that i've for other teams looking maybe yeah it's something that i've seen it was part of the news today and i think i'd be remiss not to mention the fact that that happened and it's it's a real problem, and people people actually got mad at Jim Irsay when he hired Jeff Saturday as his interim head coach for the exact same reason. They're like, "Well, what? You don't have to follow the Rooney Rule. You don't have to interview. Like, what? You've got a plenty of black assistant coaches on your staff." And I right. think that's a very different situation because you're hiring an interim coach. Like, this is just a coach who's going to coach for the rest of the season. Um, your team was terrible. So, like, what have your coaches on that staff done to earn the reason, the right to be coaching, you know? Like, and also, if you look at the history of the Colts, one, they've got a Hall of Fame black head coach. I believe the only Hall of Fame black head coach. Um, And then the guy that they hired to replace him was also black. So, I think if you look at the history of the Colts over the last 20 years, or at least since Jim Irsay's been the owner, they have not shown that they are 
scared to hire black head coaches. So in that argument, I was more just like, eh, I don't know. Um, just because like, I look at that organization, I'm like, they've shown they're willing to do this. They've done it, you know? Um, so what are they talking about here? Versus like the Cardinal or the Panthers. Um, I mean, I'm sure they have had an African-American head coach. I don't, um, but yeah, I mean, like you look at the Panthers history and I, I mean, maybe I'm super wrong about all this and you just end up needing to cut it, but I don't think they, I can't think of a black Panthers head coach in super recent history. So, you know, like maybe there's, there's a little bit, I think that there's more to it there. Plus it's not an interim head coach. Like this is their permanent hire, right? Like they chose to hire this guy full time as opposed to, Hey, we're just trying something out for eight weeks, you know? Um, so long story short to wrap this up, the longest, that was cool segment we've ever had. That was cool for Frank, Reich. I think if you're a Panthers fan, that was cool. Um, I'm just, you know, just wanted to throw out a little question mark out there just because of that. Um, but I'll let other people be the, be decide on that one. Thank you for listening to the greatest hypothetical sports podcast in the world. If you love this episode, then please click follow, give us a five-star rating, and give the next episode a listen. We'll be here every week with a new episode of Wouldn't It Be Cool? Yeah, and please uh, please reach out to us on our social medias um, at WIBC underscore podcast. Again, at WIBC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, reach out to us there. Let us know what you think. You know, hey, wouldn't this be cool? Um, we'd love to hear it. Um, great ideas as shown by the fact that we just talked about our dad's ideas this week will definitely be aired on the show. So look forward to hearing from you. Thank you guys for listening. God bless. Also, Trevor, thank you for repeating our, uh, pot or our, our social media handles like a dad would since this episode is for the dads. Just had for to throw the dads, baby. Okay. Boomer in there. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye.